people think that they see chat GBT and they're like, well, why can't you just hit that and make it go? Well, it's, it's, that's not how it works in the real world for everything else, right? Even ChatGPT is wrong a lot of the times, right? What's up? Welcome back to the show. Um, gosh, Print Hustlers Conf 2023 is wrapping up. We've got a really cool recap. We're going to go through everything, our favorite moments, takeaways, and everything in between. So buckle up. It was awesome. The other thing, too, is Cleveland, Ohio. Brett Bowden and the Made Lab team is already announcing this for next year, 2024. So look for those emails and announcements, too. It was really cool. It's just such a great time to hang out. I think like part of it hanging out together and part of it just learning so much and taking things back and 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 pulling different tips. There's so many uh, notes were being taken, photos taken. <laughs> so it was incredible. Uh, if you didn't make it again, we'll see you next year. Really quick before we jump into the episode, four incredible sponsors that are a part of this show and make it happen. Number one, GraphX Source. If you need a solution to help improve efficiency and reduce costs in your art department, GraphX offers industry-leading outsourcing options for your shop. Campus Inc.'s working with three artists, I believe now. Really cool. And, you know, look, when it comes down to SEPs, mock-ups, creative art, order management, digitizing, and all that, they've been doing this for over 30 years to be able to help your shop grow and manage this, just taking it off your plate. So for your art staffing needs, check them out. The Printavo Pod. Make sure to mention the Printavo Pod for 50% off your first vector, SEP, or embroidery order. Easy way. You shouldn't be spending all day cleaning dirty screens. Easy Way's line of environmentally conscious chemicals will get the job done faster, more efficiently, and a fraction of the cost per screen. They work with 100 plus distributors all over the US, and they are your partner. They are there. You can reach out. You can ask them how to's, best practices, questions, and everything in between. They are incredible to be able to help you guys grow and be more efficient in production. All right, Multicraft, you've heard about Multicraft Daddy, but did you know that if you pop open your Instagram and go to Multicraft underscore Daddy, you send him a DM, he's sending out PMI tape every single week. We saw the team of PMI tape over uh, at Pernessa's hanging out with Andrew and Mark. They are really great. And by the way, if you're ever in like Indianapolis area, go hit them up and go do a tour of their facility. It's unbelievable how tape is made. Anyway, Multicraft Daddy for over 50 years have been providing you with top brands at competitive pricing. If you mention Printable Pod, you get an extra 10% off your first order. Thanks, Multicraft. And last but not least, Supercolor. Supercolor came out strong for Print Conf 2023. It was really cool to see their commercial that they put together and uh, I'm assuming they'll put it on YouTube soon, but just this documentary-esque screen printing, like 15-minute segment about shop owners. It was really cool. Supercolor is the world's best heat transfer. It's made for screen printers by screen printers, and they truly understand the pressures and expectations of being in a screen printing business. The founders actually ran uh, different businesses, so that's really cool in the screen printing space. You know, They've came through helping Campus Inc. They've came through helping us last minute on, on when we were in a pickle. And so they're a big partner and um, they're huge. Like, you know, just such a great high quality product. 
Printavo15. That gets you print 15% off your order. Use that code. Check them out. Such a great team. Also, love being able to stop by there and hanging out. Thanks, Supercolor. And let's jump on in. Mr. Matt Marcotte, Mr. Stephen Fair, welcome back. Welcome back from uh, Laguna Beach, California. Beautiful Laguna. Laguna. We were in Newport. Newport? Yeah, where were you? Oh, gosh dang it. Sorry. Hold on. No, don't start over, but we're keeping that. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> welcome back you... from Newport. Newport Beach, California. Pronouncers Conference this past weekend. Matt was there. Stephen was there. Another 130 to 150 other folks were there. Um, I thought it was a pretty awesome time. I had a blast. I thought it was fantastic. I mean, anytime we get to see the people that I look up to and respect, um, kind of bear all, um, Steven kind of showcasing everything and like not having any issues, like kind of peeking behind the curtain completely and how he's operating his business and stuff. It's, that's what you go for. I thought it was fantastic. I just, I don't know about you guys, but every time we have a print, it's like a family reunion. <laughs> it kind of is actually. And that, I think like half the people, uh, have gone to like five of them, which is insane. You know, there's and only amazing. three people that have been to every print hustlers. Us three. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think Justin Moore went to all, I remember him being there too. Cause I dragged him to the very first one. Don't give him He was credit. the first one, but I don't know if he was at the third one. One of those I thought he missed. Oh, we'll have to check right. the attendance. He bailed. Yeah. We'll, we'll check, check the attendance, attendance records. Um, yeah. Awesome weekend. If you didn't go, yeah, three days, um, you know, first day, like a Printavo Inksoft preview of everything been working on. Next day, a bunch of different talks, but also a good mix of panels and discussions. It was kind of cool because the venue was couches and like lounge chairs. And, um, it was just super comfortable and turned into a lot of great convos there. And then the final day, a tour of the Bell and Canvas factory in Los Angeles where they do a lot of cutting and and some sewing and um, yeah, I mean, what a massive facility that was, but I don't know. I want to talk to you guys about best moments, either could be quotes, memorable things, things you took hmm. away. Well, I think first off, like it's a labor of love to put this thing on. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Uh, off to like Brett and the team at made lab for doing this. Um, when you put on an event, oftentimes it's hard to uh, actually enjoy it. And so, you know, Brett and Ryan are kind of running around uh, like crazy, making sure the next thing's set up and like everything is, you know, hoping that it goes right. And so um, just a lot of kudos to them for pulling it off and raising the bar, I think, again, um, just like every year tweaking it to be a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. Um, so I thought that was fantastic. And before we dive in, next year is going to be at, in Cleveland, Ohio, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, Brett's had emails coming out in a week or so. Is it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Something Hall of Fame? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we're going to have 12 months to campaign for this. I don't think it's Um, anywhere more fitting than the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for a bunch of screen printers and garment uh, decorators to go nerd out really from where like the culture kind of stemmed from and had blown up from. I think that's like the perfect union of uh, legacy and, and screen printing kind of together. Yeah, they have a beautiful yeah. theater too, by the way. Um, okay, let's so. let's break it down. Day one, so we got into Newport Beach. Um, so it was at the Hyatt. It was a pretty cool resort um, because it was like kind of sprawling and there's just like people hanging out everywhere, which was really cool. 
Um, cause I think part of the conference is, yeah, you go in for the sessions, but really it's like the dinners, the after hours, the, those kind of things. Um, you know, Matt taunting other boat passer buyers <laughs> with Justin Lawrence. I wasn't the only one. There we go. There are both, both of us were playing. Being uh, fools. I saw your very, very pale bodies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. So for, uh, for the record, uh, we, we just, we casually man flashed uh, a boat because that's what a grown men do is they casually man flash other boats. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. And Steven caught a, uh, a wonderful moment on camera where like our white bodies are like just glowing so much reflection off of it. That, like you can barely tell there's humans in the photo. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's like a eclipse. No. Um, okay. Let's break down like day one liquid graphics, uh, initial feedback. It was the first time I've ever, ever been through there, but like, what's the initial feedback walking through there? Obviously, Matt, you're, you're about to present, but what were those initial reactions? I mean, anytime you can go see a 15 auto facility, I walked through it. 20,000 square feet. Massive. Like I walked in and immediately I'm seeing on the right side, they've got all the presses kind of in line. A lot of times they're running three autos per one dryer. They got wider dryer, dryer belts. Um, and they had the left side was all their, their, their packaging. So automatic folding line, folding lines, uh, bagging lines, uh, labeling really, really clean facility too. I was shocked. And because they knew we had a bunch of screen printers coming in that are nosy, right? They like had everything like hidden away. I didn't see a single screen out Garments were like covered by, yeah, yeah it yeah. was, it was, uh, it was bonkers. But I mean, I walked by and I noticed on one of their monitors, they had all 15 presses and they had like little bar graphs on like how productive they are. So they're live time tracking how fast presses are moving, how much they're getting done. It's massive. My immediate feeling was, oh God, I'm glad I don't have to run this. Um, the amount of work that goes behind production managing, production coordinating, operations managing on that kind of facility. It's a lot of work. I mean, the biggest I ever ran was eight autos, six manuals, right? That place is almost double that. That is hats off to, to those folks for the amount of work that I know goes into every moment of what they're doing and how they're doing it to keep it that clean, that organized and that awesome. Insane. Absolutely insane. Everything I thought it was going to be in a lot more. I loved it. Yeah. Super appreciative for Josh and the team, just allowing people to walk through. Cause I know he's very protective of that facility, rightfully so for they're constantly doing these under wraps things that are, you know, getting released later and, and all this other stuff. So I know the prep wasn't, um, easy task. And on top of it, it was like, okay, guys, everything ends at five. We got to be out by five fifteen Cause they're literally need to Production start pulling in shirts to start running. Yeah. 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 So they gave us if a couple hour window. They literally took, yeah, two hours. They closed everything up. Um, I know they were doing a lot of technical printing that can't really be shared. And so they had to like take care of that to protect their clients and then let us come in there, poke around, be nosy and then leave. Uh, my biggest surprise or thing that I was, I don't know, was pretty cool. Do you guys see the screens above the presses, like the TV screens? Mm -hmm. Do you guys know what those did? I'm assuming yeah. showed mock-ups and production rates, I'm guessing. Uh, Brett was explaining it to me, and and don't quote me exactly on the numbers, but it was something like if the press is running under 700 pieces an hour, it shows a color. If it's running above 700 pieces an hour, it shows a different color. And then if it's running above like 900 or 1,000, it shows another color. So imagine like walking through this place and you just see like green, red, like that's how you self-correct an organization pretty quick, huh? <laughs> 
insane. That makes sense too because I saw one big monitor that had it was little little bar like little circular uh, grass and had like yellow or red, yellow, green, and like a vibrant green. So that makes sense. You can even see at different monitors like all fifteen autos, or that's even cooler. Look over the actual presses and see exactly. And, and I got a bunch of questions going. like, what software do they use? How do they do that? And like, yeah, when you run a company that big, you build that shit by yourself. <laughs> like that mm-hmm. ain't out of the box. Uh, I know it's yeah, like walked in was like using Printavo. I was like, I. I, I hope not. No. Like, I mean, no. as, as, as much as they're doing, I sure hope they've built something that can handle their unique needs at this scale. Yeah. We had a lot of talks um, early on uh, because they they are looking to standardize. They don't want to do as much as they're doing, but the amount of connectivity that they want and the ability to measure everything um, was like, man, look, we, we'd love to get there, but this this operation needs, you know, something extremely custom for the kind of stuff you're doing. Um, one thing too, on the pods, you mentioned that, which I find fascinating in those groups of three presses is the way they were explaining it is two presses running. They run in like little teams. So they have a team lead. They have, you know, their, their loader printer catcher, all that stuff. Right. And then they move to a different press once it's set up. So they have another small team that's always setting up the third press that pod moves to the new press and they're able to swip, swatch, ugh, swap, and then start printing right away. While that other one is getting now taken down and then the, uh, the last press can then move to that one when it's ready. I like that process when you've got, you'll oftentimes find that you've got someone who might just be a little bit faster and a little bit better at setting up jobs. Maybe don't have them not doing anything but setting up jobs then, right? Have somebody else who's like, I'm not the fastest setting up, but man, I can run 700 per hour on this thing. Great. Have them run those jobs and have the person who's really good at setting jobs up, getting it perfect. Have them just bounce around, getting those jobs ready to go, and you're cutting down that time. As opposed to having somebody who's really good at setting up jobs, but maybe slower at production, taking longer to do all of it, right? So when I ran the 8-Auto shop, I usually had one auto that was always open, and that lead press op we just bounce around and help set up jobs. And we just move people between every press every time. Did you notice no fulfillment, like no 3PL type work? I mean, they were storing some blanks in the back to get ready to print, but for a shop some, that some big. Blanks, some blanks? I mean, Do you see the like millions of Probably blanks? a third of the shop were blanks that they were holding on hand to print quicker for their client, but no finished goods that I saw. But they will do individual packaging that goes to fulfillment. Huge amount. I mean, what do they have? Like four or five lines of... Probably 10 lines just for... I I, I saw at least eight. Maybe eight pad printers, 10 pad printers. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's it's really cool to see. Um, It's definitely... It was super, super special. Um, And then we got to listen to you guys, um, which was pretty cool. Uh, I was most interested when you guys talked about the Inksoft Printavo integrations that are happening, can you guys give a little color on what's going on there? Matt, yeah, I'll talk about it. So, um, yeah, so, you know, the whole, the whole goal. So when, uh, PSG private equity company came and, uh, partnered with Printavo and Inksoft and graphics flow and now sign tracker, basically the thought is, Hey, look, Inksoft, they have a pretty darn robust e-commerce solution. Merch is very kind of like a lightweight e-commerce solution. Can we integrate the two so that if you do want all the functionality, it can go from a print top, from an Inksoft store, I'm sorry, to your Printavo account so you can manage the decoration there. Similar, like literally a clone of how merch funnels into your, your kind of core Printavo account. Um, 
So they had a really cool demo that they prepared. The beta um, is, is he gonna on say track. Don't make that mistake the again, The goal Bruce. is to release the beta at Long Beach, California this, in 2024. That is the goal. That's what the engineering team is like really ramping up to, to, to hit and be able to go from there. So that well, should be exciting. Keep- Just... Oh, yeah, Peter, if you're listening to this, because I know you listen to every one of the podcasts, remember the last time Bruce made that promise and you guys hit it? Can't wait for Long Beach. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, the backstory is, yeah, anyway, <laughs> engineering takes a lot longer than than anticipated. I would hey, you guys worked your tail. This is when merch was first launching and you guys worked your tail ends off to get it to like at least beta state. And I, I, I firmly believe that if you didn't set a big, hairy, audacious goal and tell everyone it was coming out November 1st, like so important. You, so important. you wouldn't have been able to do it. And so even though we give you a lot of shit uh, for it, I think that was a really cool way that you rallied. And so we appreciate uh, that the beta is going to be ready for Long Beach. And now we can keep asking <laughs> you about it. <laughs> It's cool. As, as somebody, I, I do use Inksoft, and of course, I've used Merch and Printavo for quite some time. Um, seeing what Inksoft can can do versus what Merch's capabilities were, it, it it's obviously a lot more robust. But I've just been so used to that flow of closing a Merch store, having it populate to be able to do bulk production, right? So having to right now take things from Inksoft and go manually add it into Printavo, it kind of sucks. Right. But the new process that the engineering team and, and uh, Andres and all those people that kind of help with the, the UX UI have created, I think it's going to actually make the process for Merch and Inksoft cleaner. Right. A whole new process of how we're looking at entering that work in and the ease of clicking a button, seeing the status go from Inksoft into Brentavo, picking that up. Also, to be completely honest, it is Crazy awesome to me to see inside Inksoft and see Printavo's logo inside Inksoft, right? I go back like four years, like we were frenemies, right? Now seeing like each other's logos inside of each other's software. It's awesome seeing that like full, full thing come together. It's, it's super sweet. What just happened, Bruce? Did you just lose something? Uh, we have a new puppy here. Berkeley. Hi, Berkeley. I didn't know you got another puppy. I know I got to post it in our team thing, but uh, it's Berkeley and she was chewing on something under the chair. All right, wires. Sorry, she, chew, she chews on wires. Okay. There, there's actually an interesting there. Uh, does anyone remember there's an old, old, old Steve Jobs video when he was doing his Apple keynote where he uh, was like, hey, everyone, uh, Internet Explorer is going to be a browser on our computers. And so is Microsoft Office. And he looped in uh, Bill Gates and everyone was like, what? Uh, and that's like the evolution of now we can at least put our heads together on there. So I thought I, I felt the same way, Matt. It was a little weird. I was like, Bruce was on stage kind of presenting and there's an Inksoft thing behind him. And I was like, that's weird. But it's pretty cool that uh, yeah. we can everyone can kind of put their heads together for, for a greater cause. Um, Matt, you talked a little bit. We'll spend a couple minutes on some of the stuff that you were chatting about in your talk. Um Primarily, you spent like a couple minutes on um, how you're using some like tools with Printavo. Can you talk about a couple of those? Like it was like vectorizer. Just give 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 listeners Bloom. like two 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 things that they can go and search from your talk. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, a lot of times you're dealing with people entering quotes and they're salespeople, right? Or they're somebody in the organization that's wearing a lot of hats, right? They need to be able to enter a quote, quickly get it in there and use the features within Portavo to deliver that to the customer. But 
it's not always that easy, right? So the mock-up creator, for example, it's a great tool. You go ahead and choose a 3001 Bella canvas in black. You hit the mock-up creator. It'll actually bring in that photo from SNS or Sanmar, whomever, right? And with that photo, you can upload an image and place it. If that image has a background, we have a remove color tool, but if that is like a complex image, you might be spending like an hour clicking through little lines to try to delete the white background, right? So a tool that I went over is remove.bg. Um, it's actually the tool on the back end of Canva. When you're in Canva, you click remove background. They're leveraging the tech stack of remove.bg for that same thing. So you can go to remove.bg for free and you can drop in an image and it will make a transparent background PNG in a second, right? So as opposed to having to go in, remove background, click, 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 New tab, remove to BG, drop it in, download it, you're done, right? You now have a transparent background PNG. What if that same example, it's black and blue going on a black shirt, you want the black to be white? Well, a transparent background PNG, you can't make those changes. With a vector file, you can. So in, in Printava Mockup Creator, if you choose to upload an AI or an SVG in the mockup creator, you can change the colors of the recolor tool. But again, if I'm in sales and I'm really good at like talking to customers, getting things going, but I don't have Adobe on my computer, I don't know how to use that tool, right? Don't stress that. You take that PNG you just made from remove.png and you go to vectorizer.ai. You drop that PNG in there and in seconds, you've got a SVG, scalable vector graphic. Right. So with that, you can now take that that SVG into the mockup creator, hit recolor, change any of the colors you want to scale it and click save mockup. So without having an art background or really knowing anything about art, that customer can give you a, a, a kind of a low. You can even go with a low res JPEG and still vectorize it. Right. And rechange the colors to it and create a mockup to help land the quote. If you're not using the mockup creator to help land the quote. I kind of liken it to fishing without uh, a bait on the hook, right? Yeah, you might catch a fish, but you're not going to catch as many, right? So the mock-up creator is a really powerful tool to help kind of put, put bait on that hook so the customer feels more comfortable saying, yes, you see what I'm asking. You're hearing me. I feel heard. I can see the image. I feel more comfortable hitting approve and paying a deposit right now as opposed to just words on the page, right? What about the loom thing? I saw a lot of people write that down. Looms, yeah. So something that uh, Kevin uh, Set Sales has, has always been a big proponent of is you should call the customer, right? Review the quote with the customer. I think you should, but it's not always going to work that way. You call the customer, you want to get on the phone, so they answer. You're like, hey, I got that quote for you. Check your inbox. You click send then, right? You review it together. They don't answer. Leave a voicemail. Hey, I'm sending over the quote to you. There's going to be an embedded video in there. Go ahead and watch that, right? You hang up, you leave the voicemail you trigger your automation to send it out. I use in my customer notes, I make sure to put please review custom video and I drop a hyperlink to a Loom video. Loom is, I think it's like eight bucks a month. It might be something along those lines. I honestly use the free version for five minute videos. You don't even need it. That's true, yep. Um, And and I'm doing everything in under two minutes. So for in two minutes, you have a, a desktop app, you click the Loom button, And it pops up on your screen, a little talking bubble of my face, like, hey, guys, right? And I can see my entire screen. So I make sure to go into messages and attach the quote approval. Then I go to the public invoice view, and I'm looking at it with the approve or decline button. And they see my face. I call them by name. I talk about it. I review the notes. I click on the images. I talk about what we're going to do. And then I go ahead and click done, and it gives me the hyperlink. I drop that hyperlink in the customer notes. Now the customer gets an automated message saying, hey, 
Here's your quote. Be sure to click the, the, the video in the customer notes. They click it. They watch me talking to them about that quote. What I'm doing with that two-minute investment on the front end is I'm getting rid of all the follow-up emails, questions, calls. Oftentimes, it's like, a, oh, but what about this? Oh, but what about this? You're like, I it's, it's in the quote. I said that on the phone. Mm. Well, now mm. they can watch that video and they can rewatch that video, right? And that's an actual reason for a follow-up. In Loom, you can see if a video has been viewed or not. So now, if it's been a couple of days, they haven't approved the quote, I'm going to go look in Loom. Has the video been watched? If not, there's my call to action. Call them. Hey, I see you didn't watch that video. Do you have a couple minutes to go over a review? If not, send that link to them again. Hey, please watch this video, right? It always Sweet. helps to invest that two minutes up front than have to chase them with emails and phone calls in the back end. That's sick. I like it. Um, that was dope. Yeah. I just heard people mention Loom like two or three times a few days after. <laughs> uh, I think some of these, sometimes like in our like tech bubble world, just like, yeah, what do you mean? Loom. Uh, but it's, it's not as common. It's good to review some of that. It's well, not only that, but like if I'm working in a shop doing an in-person implementation or I do consulting and stuff, right. And they're dealing with processes that are, that are troublesome, right? Oh, well, we're not good at reclaiming because we have churn nonstop. We get a new, new college kid in every week and we got to spend an hour teaching them how to reclaim. And then they quit again two weeks later. Great. Get Loom on your phone, Right. And then have the person who's out how to reclaim spend five minutes showing you how to reclaim and hit record and record that video. Loom gives you that, that hyperlink right then, right? You go online, you get free QR code generator. Just Google that. Or in Canva, you can do that now too. I think in Illustrator, you can also create QR codes now, right? Drop that hyperlink, print it out on a shipping label, slap it on the side of the washout booth. So now you get a new employee. Hey, how do you reclaim? I know you're on your phone. I saw you text a minute ago. Go ahead and watch that video right there. It'll teach you how to do it. Let me know if you have any questions. And then you're moving on. Put in the answer where the question is. That's a uh, King Screen special, uh, if you will, a Scott Garnett special. But uh, but yeah, funny story. I um, told one of my employees to like download it and start using it. I was like, have you made a video yet? They're like, no. I was like, okay, let's make one right now. Um, you, you still got to teach your people how to, how to do it, but it's such a, such a powerful tool. Even Matt, you told them to start doing it. I was like, come on. Um, I'm just venting. All right, let's go. Let's start ripping on day two <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah. Bruce decided to run Bruce and Kevin ran set sales surf school and, uh, Justin <laughs> Lawrence, myself, uh, engaged and got stung by stingrays and we made it out alive which is good, but Kevin had to go to urgent care because he has a low constitution for pain, says his wife. Um, and I didn't. So um, you were the, in the hotel with, uh, in, the, in the garbage bucket. I had hot my water. foot in a bucket of hot water. And WebMD kept Bear saying style. Like, yeah, because it was like, if you got hit in the chest or the abdomen or the throat, I'm like, no, it's the bottom of the foot. But I made it. Um, and I'm alive and well, but now, it was pretty are, cool. Are, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe I learned somewhere that you're supposed to have somebody urinate on it. Isn't that correct? Did you guys uh, use they, they the PD on each other's feet? Is that what you did? Did you did you make sure to pee on each other's feet to help make sure the uh, the stingray stuff didn't spread? Can't confirm, uh, but a local <laughs> did recommend that as we were walking back to the car, both limping. Which was the local was just hoping that you guys would just right there. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, oh, you got to go behind a car and pee on each other. Yeah, thanks. Um, Print hustlers. 
You guys signed the waivers, so it's cool. Yeah, we signed the waiver. What it was cool is like Dallas came out uh, from a shop uh, mm-hmm. out out in Spokane. Oh, pink you know, Ryan was out surfing, um, so that was kind of cool. Like some extracurricular activities, um, and surfing's really hard, but that was pretty cool. All right, let's get day two. Let's get some some yeah. quick highlights. Uh, Justin Lawrence kicked this off. Uh, the host of the the event he hosted last year too. Justin is an amazing host does he get an extension period contract a contract extension i I, I mean i guess we have to talk to his agent now to get that locked up like a five-year deal he's gonna get he's incredible um i don't know if there's a (laughs) better host for print hustlers i don't think the right energy so he's so personable so goofy and so loving it's he's perfect um i texted justin and said hey if i get you some shoes justin you know has 12 pairs of Yeezys in storage that he can't wear anymore until Kanye gets uncanceled. So I asked if I could purchase his shoes for the event. And so I got him a really cool pair of New Balances. And then he decided to double down and get some really great dad jean shorts that he sported shorts. beautifully. Um, yeah. So uh, prop, cool. prop this photo up here. Um Chris for us when you uh, I think there were just like lots up. of pictures of the socks and the shorts and those I was like every other picture he pulled it <laughs> off though I didn't even second guess him anybody else was like what are you wearing Justin you're like dude rocking it way to go here you go here's a photo oh yeah, was, oh, yeah. There, it there it is yeah rocking Oklahoma it. Daddy. absolutely rocking it um he had a pair All right, of so Velcro ones but I he decided not to wear them so next year hopefully he left I like the Hopefully you didn't leave them in the hotel room. The Velcro right. ones are, are more lean. It takes less time to, to Velcro your shoes and tie it. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're lean shoes. Those should be sponsored by Scott too. Steven, you kicked it off. Uh, look, I told you right after, I was like, that was your best talk ever. That was, and honestly, I heard so many people that were like, damn, that was really good. Uh, just because I think you intertwine, like it wasn't like, hey, look, Here's automation. Here's what we use, and here's what you should use too. It was a lo- it was a really cool story of the evolution of Campus Inc. The things that you added, what you've learned. Um, I have a couple takeaways. I just wanted to share real quick that I wrote down. Number one, um, the goal is to how to get people to feel more comfortable with tech, which I didn't really realize. But yeah, you're right. Like. It seems daunting. There's so many things out there. What connects to what? What am I supposed to use? And the fact that when you said when Gen Z starts companies, which I think everybody kind of laughs at and thinks TikTok and this and that, but you're dead on. Like they grew up with an iPad. <laughs> like it's it's not even going to be a question that they're going to be so much more efficient when they either take over the shop or start their shop or whatever it is. But your point of using tech to scale, stabilize and make money was really, really big. And then also that just any off-the-shelf software solutions to handle everything does not and will not exist. And so how do you create your world of solutions to help solve different things, right? I mean, you showed this huge map of this is for documentation, this is for communication, this is for sales reporting, um, this we built, this is, you know, Printava, this is Shopify, all this cool stuff. So I thought that was yeah. great. Matt, any take points on your end? Yeah, I, I dealing with my role here at, at Printavo with implementation, um, I oftentimes have to work with the sales team uh, on customers that are like, yeah, we'd, we'd like to jump into Printavo, but we don't think it can hit 100% of our needs. 
And Stephen, you straight up said nothing will hit 100% of your needs. If you can get near 80, that's gold. You're good, right? And not enough people, I think, are able to look at stacking tech. You even said that too. Technology is meant to be stacked. That was one big takeaway that I was like, yes, I'm so glad you said that, right? So find solutions that will help you become more effective, more efficient, even if it's not the end-all, be-all full solution, but leverage stacking those solutions to create what you're trying to create. And another big part that I, I really was, was very happy you said was that there's going to be some manual components to it, and that's okay, right? So sometimes you might have to enter some data once in a while, but what you can get from that data is well worth that investment, right? People think that they see ChatGPT and they're like, well, why can't you just hit that and make it go? Well, it's, it's, that's not how it works in the real world for everything else, right? Even ChatGPT is wrong a lot of the times, right? So leveraging stack, your tech stack and stacking those things together to create your outcomes, I think for a lot of people to see somebody like you, Stephen, that we do elevate as kind of like being a, a thought leader in software and technology and automation to tell the truth about like, yeah, we have to stack a bunch of things together and here's some examples of how we're doing it. And I did appreciate that big blowout you had with the tree that Alan made, right? And you had all these different logos of all the different technology you're leveraging in there. And I did see the deco flow, so I do appreciate that too. <laughs> um, but yeah, awesome, awesome takeaway. And, and to uh, to Bruce's point, the best you've 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 given that I've seen, and you've given some really damn good presentations. Thanks, I appreciate it. I think the uh, the most fun part for me was the slide of all of the other shops that I really look up to that are all musicians. Uh, that was like the most fun to make. And I forgot yeah. Kevin Oakley from Stoked on Printing because I was just at dinner with him. I was like, wait, you were in a band? What the heck? Uh, but everyone was always asking, what does this shop do? 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 And I think it's not what they do because if you ask them, they'll say, good luck. This is my sauce and I've built it in some crazy fashion. It's like we should just be inspired by how they've continually evolved and evolved and evolved. So I really enjoyed it. I appreciate the feedback. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So thanks for the opportunity, y'all. Um, all right, let's keep going. We then heard Jeffrey Paul uh, talking about seconds. And for those that don't know, Jeffrey Paul out of Global Printing at Young One, Millions and millions and millions of square feet, hundreds and thousands of employees, um, manages decoration. $3 billion dollars in revenue or 3.4. Yep. Something yep, insane. Yep, yep. <laughs> and he, his whole talk was all about seconds. So let's dive in quick rips. Uh, he, he gave the example <laughs> of the, the shop doing like 2.2 million, I believe was the example that he gave. Um, and so a, a realistic, medium sized, good sized shop. And what that looks like and broke down based off the amount of employees and all that to it being 0 0.007 cents per second, right? And then he gave the example of if you're in the receiving department and you got to walk 15 steps to go pick up the, the work order to go receive against and walk back, how just that motion, getting rid of that, moving the box to where those, 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 those work orders go to be right there can add up being like 1200 bucks for the year in just walking 15 steps. Those mm -hmm. little motions always add up. And for those of us who've read two second lean or have run production and done, done a kind of efficiency consulting, that's stuff that maybe we're already used to, but I think seeing it broken down in a real capture, real dollar example, actual, it's hard to have like a Jeffrey Paul shop and be like, okay, well, what's it look like to save seconds in a $3.4 billion company? We can't ever really fully fathom that. So I was really happy that he brought it down to a more palatable size shop that we could all kind of 
relate to, right? And breaking it down to that spot, really figuring out your burn rate down to the second, I think really opened up people's minds to wait, we are wasting yeah, and he, time. We he are did the example emotion. with a wine bottle being opened and had Tim, who's also his birthday, uh, walk across stage, open the wine bottle, do all the different steps and timed it all out. So I thought it was pretty cool. Bruce, what about yourself? What was your big take from, from Jeffrey's talk? Um, you know, there was the efficiency, right? So it was like one second was literally $1,000. It's 72, 22 cents, which absolutely is proven out. And that was really cool and practical and makes you think about not ignoring those like little efficiency improvements because, you know, if you want to make more money, you could also just reduce costs instead of have to find more sales. So that was kind of cool that he talked about. The other thing though, that I took note on from before was his story where he ran a shop and he grew it and they had three autos. And he said this concept that I, I've heard a few times, which is that was our sweet spot. And, and I'm, I'm kind of interested in that because it's like, you know, there's a, always such a focus on growing top line and growth and growth and growth. But is there a sweet spot where you maximize profitability? And I was chit-chatting with Jessica Tillery and she's like, she she's trying to maximize her profitability now and not just grow top line and reduce some things off the bottom. And he said that, and he said, find your perfect, you know, um, so anyway, that just stuck with me and, and I don't know how to calculate that or figure that out. And I think it really takes probably going too big to understand where it was as well, like that experience or else you always wonder, but that was kind of cool. Yeah. I, I yeah. appreciate that. He said that too, because being at the scale, I mean, he's seen it from small scale to the biggest scale any of us will ever get to experience. Right. And to that point, yeah, three autos, you've got three automatics. Maybe you got to pay those bills. You got the staff for those three autos. You add another auto. It's not just adding another auto. You got a payment on that auto. You have electric on that auto. Do you need another dryer? What's that look like? Do you have staff for that? So that top line goes up, but the bottom line doesn't really make much difference. So you start to create a chasm between your top line and your bottom line. And yeah, there's some, and I think Stephen probably speak more confidently to this too. Like there's certain levels where you start to see that kind of like slingshot up to catch up a little bit, but it takes a lot of this it doesn't go up together. Right. So oftentimes you're working harder, but you're not making more money. Your, your revenue's up, but your, your spending's up. Right. You're just so working bigger. Finding, exactly. And, and some people, they want to work bigger. I think there's almost a, uh, a stigma around good traction though. And I think that if, if you're hitting a good traction spot, it's okay to stay there. You don't need to scale the size of your business. You need to scale your wallet, right? So enjoy that traction spot. Find your perfect, find your sweet spot. Um, and he even said if he could go back, he wouldn't have gone bigger than three autos, which that's a common thing I hear is that three auto spots oftentimes people are like, I wish I would have stayed there. Granted, Stephen, you, you know, fundraising, you're on a different path. If you went down not that path, do you think there would have been a sweet spot for you guys. Yeah, hundred percent. I think once do you think we you, like what? What? Yeah, what do you think that would have been? I mean, a couple people have said this. I think Brett said that the, the cost it takes to run a three million dollar company or four or five million dollar company is like not that much different. But the profit you make at three million versus five million, like you start to make money on the back half of it. Um, and so I think if we didn't decide to double down, it would have been not pulling the e break but really dialing in, okay, now we're doing a significant amount of revenue. You know, uh, how do we, how do we really drive that, that margin up and really start to like cash flow and turn this into a really, really profitable ship. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's hard for companies to know when that moment is and like pull it back 
right? I think mm-hmm. a lot of people will get to that moment and actually push forward where, mm-hmm. you know, some of the smartest business people know, like, I'm actually going to throttle back right now um, to make some room. Uh, we decided to really push forward. Um, <laughs> so, okay, which is interesting. That leads us to the next couple of talks. So DTF panel and rum from Supercolor. I thought that was really interesting because we had Max, myself, and Kevin from Stoked On talking about DTF and the positive and negative effects. But right after it was a really cool video that Supercolor did, and you didn't know that it was a Supercolor video really until the end. It was like a 15-minute like documentary. Um, and we were out to run with, with dinner with Ram. I was like, you ready for your talk? He's like, I'm gonna try something different. Uh, what was your guys' feedback? What'd you think about that? What, yeah. Why, why do you think they did that? I think Ram is, first off, he's a fantastic speaker, fantastic human. Um, always inspirational seeing him, him chat. I thought that that video was really good to really showcase that Supercolor is not just a company where you can order DTF transfers. They truly are your partner in the industry and in this world that we're choosing to be a part of, right? So I thought it was really cool, that video kind of showcasing everyone coming together, the camaraderie, the, uh, it's kind of like we're all in a band, right? We're all in a giant band of screen printers. So like helping the band stick together and have good days and get through the hard times and then looping it into, and Supercolor is here to help support that and help make you what you're trying to be. Um, I thought it was really cool to see them come at it from a, we're, we're your buddy, not just your, uh, your service provider. And, and I, I couldn't agree more with them as, a, as an ethos of who they are, who Rum is. Uh, I thought it was great. Bruce, what do you think? Yeah, I love the video uh, separately. I'm putting this out in the ethos so that maybe one day it happens, but <clears throat> I love to make a documentary about screen printing and the industry and stuff. Uh, and so when I saw that, and when you said that, I was just like, it's on my like list, like way down there, but <laughs> there's the so many cool things. Time. Yeah. There's so many cool things and, and, uh, you know, hearing people's stories and like seeing it in the emotional part of, of what people are doing and, and how they're making people feel and just taking care of their families and their friends with that business. Really, really neat. Um, I think the DTF panel, super interesting, right? Because they had such a wide v- variety of, of DTF users, right? You've got Max of Family Industries who spends a million dollars, I think he said a year or every two years, um, with Supercolor, right? <laughs> and then you've got like on your, your end, you know, Stephen and Kevin Oakley who have like really invested, spent money on multiple machines. You guys are figuring it out and trying to blaze that trail there too. So it's like... Max's perspective is I have like, I don't want anything to do with this. Like I just want to order and move on and, and just charge more and, and not have to deal with this. And then yours is like, well, we need to do print on demand and we got to get things done faster and we got to get things out the door. And so this is the way we got to do it. Uh, but I do think that people realized it's not just like everybody's used to, oh, okay, it's a screen printing machine. You know, I don't know if I'm switching brands, maybe I got to lo- learn how to use that. There's different dials, whatever it is, but there's so much more to being an early adopter on this DTF side that and digital, you know, don't, un- don't underestimate that time and, and investment and people, you know, aspect to it. So people had so many questions on that and uh, that seemed to be the takeaway. One thing cool with Max is looking at it from a different perspective, not having to like bulk. He's talking about how you can really customize the experiential portion of his business, right? So the live screen printing, 
being able to say like, okay, if it's live screen printing, maybe you only have these many options. We have to have screens. We got to bring in uh, redundancy screens. We can only offer so many colorways where when he can bring in DTF, he's going to have a lot of extras and he's going to have different options. So you can kind of like piecemeal your own design based off of different portions that you have in different transfers and create a true one of a kind experience for each individual person coming through. So looking at DTF as a live printing option that really opens up the floodgates of what you can achieve, I thought was a really unique way of looking at DTF too. Yeah. And I think the lesson that I took is all three of us work really hard on what we're doing. You know, Max works really hard on being the best live experience printing company in the world, right? Kevin is working really hard on being the best on-demand, you know, e-commerce plugins for, for, for some of his clients. Like we're really trying to nail down custom on-demand names and numbers for athletes. Like that's, it, it, it aligns with what we're working really hard on. And I think that's where shops might say, I have a need for it or I might need it, um, but I I don't know if I need it yet, right? And so I think that just married and, and worked really well with uh, Supercolor's video kind of right after it. And I think, you know, as I was talking to Ram, he's like, yeah, finally, after four or five years of this, there's finally a little bit of a challenge. In a commoditized business, it's always the companies that are built off of values and relationships and kind of what Rum said is their why that... Um, are the ones that last. So super cool. Um, okay. Uh, Michelle Moxley gave a talk on AI, AI. And, did pretty, yeah. and did a pretty she, cool way of presenting it. What do you guys got? She, I think after she left MNR, it's like, she just went into the lab for, it's like, where'd Michelle go for last year? And then now she comes, um, she's been doing just all kinds of research on AI, which, you know, I have some takeaways, but I, I think it's such a crazy powerful tool for something that we literally didn't even talk about 12 months ago and just seeing, okay, so this thing can literally generate images. It can generate text. It can generate conversations. What is it going to be like in the next 12 months? That was my, that was my big takeaway. Cause it, it seemed, it was like, all right, there's some good applications. And then this is like a, a very neat display of the R and D that's been happening on it. Yeah. And we're yeah, going to do another Go ahead, Matt. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I thought she did. It was a really unique delivery mechanism, right? She had this like game of clue that she had generated the imagery, generated uh, actual voices you could hear, and then generated scripts uh, to kind of walk through what different AI components are. So like what an agent is, like how you can start stacking and, and start training certain agents to be a learner agent, to be a di different types of things. And so at a high level, I think she was doing a fantastic job of helping bring the idea of what AI can do um, at a high level to people. Uh, I had a lot of people, people know that I kind of nerd out in that world too. So afterwards, a lot of people were like, did you understand all that? What did she mean by this? What did she mean by that? And kind of like helping piece it together. And I think she is definitely a thought leader in this space for our industry. And yeah, we weren't talking about this 12 months ago. Everybody will be using this in the next 12 months. And if you're not, you are going to be left in the dust a little bit by some, some competitors, right? It's a, it's a yep. quickly emerging world. And I thought, um, so she has a YouTube series out called Fahrenheit AI episodes, um, that you can look up and I believe it's also like blogged on the ink kitchen. Um, but it just like raised a lot of awareness and education. Um, so it'll be cool to see what comes off of it. But I thought the delivery method that Michelle chose was really, 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 really unique and kind of cool. It's like a game of clue. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Let me, uh, I'll do, uh, 
automation around sales process real quick, and then let's get to um, Nigel Barker. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think this was super cool. Big printing company there in California. They have really mastered their 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 niche seems to be around clothing brands, right? So a lot of people come to ask, and they like, oh, I'm sure every shop has had this. Um, people poking around, they want a few here and there. They don't know exactly, you know, they don't have the the order dialed in. They have perfected the idea of, hey, look, here's a package. You know, it's 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 good, uh, great, and amazing. And you pick. It's got the different stuff inside of it. Here's some upgrades, very transparent pricing. Oh, you want, you know, uh, glow in the dark. All right. That's another $200. Um, you want, uh, you know, puffing that's, uh, $99, right. And they, she didn't say numbers, um, but they were at two to 3 million a couple of years ago. So you can see, Right. So you can see the growth of where that automation has happened. And what that has done is simplify the order process. So what they do is they can literally send people to their Inksoft store, people buy it, they upload their stuff, and then the team starts processing from there, prints and delivers. Yeah, I think love that, that she showed that she a matrix. Sorry, I'm going. I love that she showed a matrix of the old way to price and the new way to price. I thought that yeah, was yeah. really cool. Sorry, Matt, go ahead. <laughs> No, no, no. I was going to say the same thing. Like she, she literally brought up like what we're used to seeing. Like if you go to Google right now and you type in like screen printing matrix and you get that like crazy thing where like you feel like you've got an abacus trying to do math. It's like the worst. Right. And so she literally had the entire crowd. She's like, all right, with this, I want a two color on 45 shirts and a three color back. Oh, and I want that to be puff. Oh, and I want this. And all the answers were up on the screen. She's like, who can do it? And 150 people were like, I don't want to. It's, it, it hurts to look at these numbers. And that's what we're putting our salespeople through and we're, we're, we're bringing them in. So we're putting our customers through oftentimes too, right? So I really love that she has completely gone to the fact of, okay, what is her customer base looking for? And she said that they really go at the streetwares, right? So a streetwear shop or, or a small company, right? They want to have a bunch of hoodies. Great. You're going to buy 50 hoodies. That's what our package is. 50 hoodies. Uh, they're they're going to be tagged, hang tag, inside neck tag, and they're folded in poly bag. Here's the price. Boom. There it is. Right. Making it easy for customers to be like, OK, well, what do I want to get? Well, 50 is where it starts. It's going to cost me four ninety nine. Cool. You want to have puff nine dollars extra. OK, done. Making it easy for the customer to know what they're going to spend, what the value proposition is, making it easy for their employees to be able to give that to them. Not having to have a customer call in, give you the data, like, let me call you back in 10 minutes. I got to do some some long form arithmetic over here. Right. Like, no, just give them the answer right then. Make it a better, easier uh, selling experience and purchasing experience for everybody. I have used packages. She's taken it to a whole nother level. And I was for sure taking notes the entire time. Sweet. All right, let's get to it. Nigel Barker. Um, what a handsome it man. It was a handsome man. Nigel uh, is related to Jeffrey Paul. So um, the genes <laughs> fell on Nigel's side, obviously. Um, but <laughs> Nigel... Uh, sorry, Jeffrey. Um, well, Jeffrey might have actually made the genes, to be honest. But I don't know. Whatever. Uh, but uh, Nigel Barker, world-renowned photographer, judge on America's Next Top Model, and an incredible entrepreneur. Um, I thought it was one of the coolest talks and it was just like so captivating. I thought it was incredible. Bruce, Matt. What was it? What was the favorite? Did you have something that you're like, whoa, like more specific on it? 
Um, the fact that like in his first, the first time that he had a shot to shoot for a magazine, they asked for one page, he delivered 16 and that 16 turned into be the whole magazine or something of that sorts. And it was just like the, when you get your shot to shoot it, go above and beyond and like make them fall out of their seats for it. And how he just trailed his love for fashion into everything that he did in every next job, opportunity, show, company, business, even uh his his uh was it espresso martini that's going to be canned that's coming out next year so i thought that was cool and the casual hundred million dollar merch line drop that he's a partner of (laughs) yeah seven years seven years to make it to a hundred million yeah 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 he he, Uh, he was super inspirational bruce what about yourself um you know that guy that maybe applies for a role or works for you and he he does like you ask him to do something but he like yeah it just totally blows your mind with whatever they give you back and you're just like oh my gosh i can't believe like you you went above and beyond like you took that one photo and you made 16 or or whatever it is yeah nigel is that like for his whole life and and i think that effort has compounded right very very like kind of middle-class family and just like taking opportunities and diving deeper into everything all from being a photographer really as, as the core foundation, like getting into the modeling then getting into photography and then trying this audition and then not hearing back for almost a year. And then uh, trying this with, uh, it turns out Aloe and Bella and, and uh, being the first one there to like, um, you know, working as an influencer for Aloe Yoga with his wife who, you know, was really big in yoga. And he's like, we just went outside and just shot a bunch of really cool photos and they liked them and we sent more and, and they built that relationship. And now, you know, COVID, he just takes the opportunity of learning how to to make drinks and then uh, turning that into a YouTube episode. And then that goes into his own drink and, you know. The other thing that that stuck out though too is it takes a team and and like you do just see Nigel right you see him you see his Instagram you see all that you see him on TV but somebody asked like dude how do you manage eight businesses I mean this is insanity uh, you know we're struggling just to do this one and he's like look I, honestly I've have a ride or die team that's been with me for ten plus years and I treat them super well and I, there's no way I would be able to accomplish all these different businesses without the right partners and teams and so he's figured that out and in addition to he's like I'm not even I'm not shy to hey you're doing something I'm gonna shoot you a DM right uh, so and, DM, and he's still doing that yeah I was DMing with him <laughs> there we go I mean I he's pick, he's still a, doing this stuff. <laughs> I had a picture so, of Justin Lawrence fixing his mic and his kind of butt. I was like, I thought you wanted to be on top, Justin, because that's the that's the joke from the show. And he responded, he goes, that's my bottom. Uh, <laughs> Matt, what about yourself? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I honestly wasn't sure going into it. I watched the show a little bit in the early 2000s because was, there was nothing else. It was before phones and stuff. Um, but I was like, what is this guy who is a photographer for high fashion mostly? How is he going to reach me, Right. And he immediately was an inspiration, right? Talking about how, like you guys said, like not giving up, finding what you care about and going the extra mile at all times. 
finding that one true thing that makes it unique to you. Don't try to be what somebody else wants you to be or you think you want them to be. Find your true line. For him, that true line was fashion. So all of his side businesses he's got all come back to fashion, including the espresso martini, which I didn't know was first given to some supermodel. She asked for a drink that would get her get her drunk and, and keep her awake. And that was the birth of espresso martini from a high fashion model, right? So finding that that true line and sticking true to who you are, regardless of anything else, give it your true full effort and it will work out. Maybe not the way you expect, just like he said, I didn't think it was going to happen, but went for it, right? DMing people saying, I want, they don't, they don't respond. Keep on it. Keep on it. Don't settle. Find your truth and, and follow it. And then like Bruce said, he's got a team of people. And one thing he said is pay them well. When you find somebody who is going to help your business go where it needs to go, pay them well and treat them right. Right. So if you've got somebody in your organization who is like your clutch person, make sure you're paying them a, a, a way of life. They can stick to your side and help your entire business keep moving forward. Don't devalue them. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, I think the last thing, and then we can wrap it, the uh, storytelling. I mean, I think that the things that really stuck out to me, you know, Stephen with yours, Nigel with like his thing, is just like incredible storytelling. It, it like builds this thing. It allows you to sell really well. Um, it allows you to present yourself super well. So if you're not a good storyteller, like just copy good talks that you see online and then use that as the base. Because that was really cool. I got to work on it. Uh-huh. All right. Hilarious. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, next year, Cleveland. Tickets will be out soon. Brett and Maidlad team are promoting that really, really soon. So we'll be announcing that here when it drops. Pronos Conf 2024. Would love to see you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pentavo Pronos's podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully that was informative. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to hit the bell for notifications if you enjoyed this video. If you enjoy all the stuff we're putting out, it's really helpful. We love to just be able to see it. That means that we're doing a good job. To subscribe.